What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Car Tech Garage. What's up, Max? Oh, you know, just trying to keep some cars interesting. Indeed, indeed. And this is another week in to drive or not to drive. Yes, this is number two. So we're going to start doing this. You know, cars, good cars, bad cars. Yeah, exactly. Would you drive it? Would you not drive yep. it? What's yep. our opinion? Exactly. The cars we love, the cars we don't. So uh, first one up. <laughs> the cars we hate to love. I think we need to throw that one in there, too. Uh, that's all of them. <laughs> Anyone that we love, we hate to love it. Come on now. Well, yeah, you know, there's some of them that you just drive and they're just so great and they're so much fun, but they just break all the time. You're describing my Miata, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Brand That's new fine. is probably a good car. Yeah, now, exactly. Now, but now it's little, 31 little years old. A little oh, different. It's clapped out. It's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's go ahead and bring up the first one because this one won is very near and dear to Max's heart. And that is the Chevy Silverado or GMC Sierra. You've yeah. got a Sierra. I do. I do have a GMC because, um, you know, I always fall in that niche. You get the Ford guys, you get the Chevy guys. So, mm-hmm. and then there's those Dodge guys. Those are a whole different breed. So I got a GMC, so I can't hear crap about Chevy because it's a GMC. It's different. God, even though it's the same. God made Chevrolet. It just has a different <laughs> logo on it. <laughs> so I also wanted to say, because obviously the GMC Sierra and Chevy Silverado are great pickup trucks. I mean, really among the best. So I believe we can already go ahead and throw this in the two drive category, but let's still dive in a little bit more. I mean, you can make a mistake when buying a Chevy Silverado. Oh, there's no question. I mean, it's, it's all about the right one you get, especially if you're buying a truck, you know, I, I mm-hmm. learned this, I bought a truck recently, never really been a huge truck guy, but needed some, some hauling power. Oh, well, you know, you're, you're remodeling a house right yeah. now. So you need a truck. No so doubt. it works out. I got plenty of room for my big dog. Um, she can fit in the back seat. It's great. Or um, a small horse. Yeah. It will. And my thing. old car, it looked like a small horse, <laughs> but anyways, you know, there was a lot of, of parameters that I had to kind of look at of the truck of, okay, am I going to do hauling? Am I going to do towing? Am I going to use the bed? You know, Mm -hmm. how much am I going to use it? Do I need a two door? Do I need a extended cab or do I need a quad cab? And then also do you need a V6 or do you need a V8? Exactly. And that's, that's the biggest one to it. So of course I went along with the good old faithful five, three, and I'm pretty sure this is a, a Y five LM five. I forget. I'd look at too many engine codes, but it's an iron block. It does have the displacement on demand. A lot of problems with lifters, if you delete it or you just tune it so it doesn't in, in engage use that cylinder yeah. deactivation. And then you've already disabled already that, that feature. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, you know, it's great. I wouldn't want the V6, you know, unless I was getting a, a smaller two wheel drive yeah. short bed that I'm going to use to haul, you know, some mulch from time to time or just as like a, a general daily driver to just go around town. Exactly. Now, obviously, you know, you've got different generations. You know, the old six cylinders were actually decently stout. Mm -hmm. A lot of the newer ones, you know, those 3.6 liters, they do have timing chain issues. They do have uh, camshaft actuator issues pretty commonly. Not a lot of issues outside of that. I mean, they're they're a reasonably good engine. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of head gasket issues from time to time, but off, often prompted by coolant leaks from the coolant outlet housings. Um, and I haven't seen enough of the turbo fours yet. So I, I really I would stay away. From yeah, that I, I would stay general. away from obviously because it's an overstressed engine. Um, you know, just given the size of the truck and, and the displacement <laughs> of the engine, you're we, asking way too much. We talked about the EcoBoost last yeah. week, so we we you know had to beat on Ford on, on that, that one. So of course we got to beat Chevy on those. Yeah, too. because terrible idea putting a turbocharged four in a truck. It's just not going to last and be able to work hard for many, many years to come. 
Um, now again, you know, if you're just beating it around town, get the V6 and everything, but I can't stress enough if you're going to spend money and especially if you're going to do work with the truck, get the V8, get the 5.3 liter V8, disable the displacement on demand and drive that puppy into the dirt because it's going to last longer than the dirt. It's the truth. And, and even with the newer trucks, they still have that displacement on demand, DOD, uh, cylinder mm-hmm. deactivation. There's Usually doesn't pose any issues names. until like a hundred thousand miles. And it really doesn't. It's basically yeah. just lifters that fail and, and cause all kinds of engine issues and you have, you know, oil blow by. So there's more oil consumption where mine, yeah. it was going through a quart of oil over 3000 miles. Mm-hmm. I put the, you know, the whole deactivation of the cylinders and took that out of the equation maybe a hair of oil has been used in the last 3,000 miles. I mean, that, and that's incredible. Just having those, well, I mean, you got to think about it. You no longer have combustion in those cylinders to help keep the oil out of it. And obviously a little bit's going to slip by. So it, yeah, it's caused a, a plethora of oil consumption issues, but you know, the newer ones, they're all running eight quarts of O20, mm-hmm. six liters, the five threes, they're all running eight point eight eight quarts. Um, and it's, we're going to see, you know, we're going to see how that thinner oil copes with all of the new advancements and they are getting pretty good fuel economy considering their V8. You know, you can still get a truck with, you know, over 400 horsepower, which is still pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a great engine, you know, it'll total do everything. So we definitely have to put this in the, tri- in the to drive category. I agree. And, and the biggest reason why I would put it in the drive, not because I drive one, but when you're buying a truck, you're buying something that is made to be used. It's a, it's a tool, you know, there's utility. Sure. There's little things that break here and there, but it's meant to carry a larger load, you know, more capacity, all that stuff. So of course it's going to last longer than your, you know, Camry or Honda civic that you try to load 400 pounds of of mulch (laughs) in the back of. Oh, exactly. (laughs) You know, it's, it's built for that obviously, but so definitely, definitely to drive, definitely the truck you'd want to get. In fact, if I had to buy a truck, I would get that exact one. So definitely to drive. Next one up, the Ford Focus. So this will be a little, you know, there's a few different models, a few different trims. Yeah, um, depending on generations too, you know. Personally, I'm not a fan of them whatsoever. No, me neither. So, you know, I remember taking long road trips um, and one of the vehicles when I had, we had when I was younger and it was this Ford Focus and I never understood why I couldn't sleep in it. I just could not, we'd go on a long road trip and I could not take a nap in this car. Years later, come to find out, you know, after working on cars for a while and, and understanding vibration issues that there was a failed engine mount for five, six years that I remember driving in this vehicle. And (laughs) once it was swapped out, the car thing, it drove brand new. Oh yeah. That is the biggest issue with the first generation Ford focuses. Now I do have to separate the new versus the old. Yes. The first and second generation Ford focuses or the newer body style. Um, the old Ford focuses truly a pretty reliable little vehicle. And it was budget like said, friendly. It was very budget friendly. Parts are cheap. They're pretty easy to work on. All mm-hmm. said and done, they're all four cylinder. Most are automatic transmissions that offer more than manual. Um, you know, the SVT team even got a hold of one for a little while. Not <laughs> that was not, not too not much good. to write home about, but it's definitely not a Civic Si. That's for sure. No, but it was close. It's you know something. It was something. It was something. It was well, something. We can agree on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What that something is is still out for debate, but. You know, the older ones still were not a bad car. Engine mount issues are the most common problem. That and the transmission case have le- er, case halves leaking. Mm-hmm. You know, transmission issues were pretty common with those. But, you know, what's funny is I've seen so many of those things come in empty on transmission fluid. And you just put some fluid in it, they'd go on down the road good. again. They're simple. Everything about them is simply made. It's very basic. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less 
failure prone parts. Yep. Um, you know, as you said, everything's cheap on it as far yep. as, you know, any plastics, anything you need. And there's Plenty so of many of them, yeah, which is really good because they do break all the time. <laughs> they do. They, they usually don't break down, but they break. Yeah. Make no mistake about that. <laughs> but again, parts are cheap, pretty easy to fix. Now the second generation. Oh man. Really Still, nice. They're well, nice. Uh, like you said, budget friendly. They come with a lot of options and features for the price that you pay. But you know what you always say whenever you get a good deal on something? Mm-hmm. You didn't. <laughs> you didn't. So the downside with these ones, numero uno, Max, you know this one, the big T. The transmission. Oh, my goodness. So what is it? In synopsis, I'm sure there's a the much dual more. clutch transmissions that's essentially are so prone to failure. And a manual transmission that's automatically shifted in the, the least technical term possible. Well, it is a, it is a dual clutch, but it's kind of terrible because they didn't set it up. You know, they set it up very much for efficiency and dual clutch gearboxes are great when you're talking about quick shifting and good power delivery, but there's a lot of moving parts, Mm -hmm. a lot of complexity. And typically they don't last very long. No, just because there's so many moving parts. Um, Cause we've had, and that makes it like, like the, the clutches themselves last plenty of time. You know, they've got two, two different clutches and everything, but the fact of the matter is the shifting mechanism in these things fail nonstop. Now, at first, Ford came out with a lot of software updates for them, and that fixed some. But primarily, these transmissions were completely failing. And anybody that has a newer Ford Focus that's an automatic, you absolutely know what I'm talking about. That slight transmission judder or shutter when you're taking off from a stop, it feels like, you know, almost like, you know, it's so hard to explain. Like, it's almost like you have something imbalanced in your engine or your transmission as you're rolling forward, which is exactly it. Mm-hmm. Transmissions actually start to, you know, come apart internally and they're blowing through fluid. I mean, I've seen cars come in with 30,000 miles with metal already in the fluid and it's just a nightmare. In fact, at Almers, we have eight Ford Focus loaners because they're the only car that we could get a bulk deal on for loaners. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Budget friendly. We've had uh, all eight of them have the software updates performed multiple times, and six of them have already been back for new transmissions with Ford. I think there's one or two that's had one twice. Yeah, uh, yeah one has had one <laughs> twice. Now, at this point, Ford was so tired of replacing transmissions that they basically said, okay, we got to put a stop to this. This is just normal operation for the transmission. And then, of course, class action lawsuits came about, and some mm-hmm. of those are still going on now because they've also had problems with their Fiesta transmissions. Um, so that being said, not the worst car in the world. Yeah. We can get a lot of miles well, out of them. But there's even more. There's even more to them now because uh, you said there's different trims of them. Mm-hmm. So you know we were talking about the EcoBoost last week. Well, and yep. some of these they like to put an EcoBoost or a turbo engine in them. Yeah, the two liter turbo Ford Focus ST. Well, not even we'll get to that in a second. But then you've got like the one liter three cylinder. Oh, the new. I think there's a diesel somewhere around. Not in America, but yeah. So there's just so many weird engines that. So now you have a transmission issue yep. and now you've got these really odd engines that have their own problems. Exactly. With turbocharger failure and everything else that are, you know, turbocharged cars are typically prone to. And then the biggest one where I went into, you know, we love cars. Some cars are just so much fun and you just love to hate them. The ST is the <laughs> prime, example, prime of example of that. Yep. Love to hate it because it is so darn fun to drive. They're so, you know, just kind of quick and punchy and they make cool burbling noises, just like the Fiesta ST. So much fun, oh, but is. you're like, they I just cool. don't want to spend my money on one. No, you can get them cheap, <laughs> but they're not, you know, they're not 
Or yeah, they're not going to last a long time. You're going to have problems with it. Then you have the one that I would maybe, oh. maybe be okay with buying just because of what it is. And this would be one of those I'd love to hate because I, I know a guy that he's put multiple head gaskets on it, mm-hmm. you know, he's tuned it, done all the stuff. But yep. the RS. The Ford Focus RS is a beast. I love that car so much. And that is that is one that... You know, I would be willing to spend my hard-earned money on as long it was as long as it was under warranty. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. but so. that, that would probably be about it because dealing with something like that after the fact is just so difficult. And I think that there's cars out there that I can that can be had for less that are more fun. Yeah, at that point, you might as well the, yeah. buy a Porsche. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how many times it's going to be in the shop? It's going to exactly. be the same same example. So yeah, buy a nice used Porsche. <laughs> Focus in general, unless it's an RS. Not to drive. Don't drive it. And even if you get the RS, be prepared for it to break. Not to drive. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So up next, um, a close sister cousin of the Focus. Sister cousin? (laughs) I like that term. (laughs) Mazda 3. Yeah. It is a sister cousin. (laughs) Yeah. I would consider that correct. A little too close to be cousins. Um. So the Mazda 3. Now, the Mazda 3 as a whole, pretty solid car. The 2.3 liter is a very reliable engine. They do have certain (laughs) rust issues, but a lot of them can be had with manual transmissions. Even the automatic ones don't fail that often. Um, In fact, one of the more common issues I see with the Mazda 3 is when somebody jump starts it backwards. Yes. They blow the fuse on that main, on the, on the main battery cable and it's part of the harness and it's like a $600 harness from Mazda. Yep. You and I both worked. I know exactly what car you're talking about. (laughs) So if you have a Mazda three, it's a great car until somebody jump starts it backwards. Yeah, I remember because I couldn't figure anything out for a while. And then you basically have to spend a thousand dollars because you have to have somebody put it in. And unless you can do it yourself, just try something to test this and you know put a little solder on there. I'm like, yep, they jump started backwards. Yep, exactly. (laughs) And you can get it. You can get it hold for a little while, but it is technically a fire hazard after the point. It is. It is. Um, But yeah, those were really pretty great little cars. You know, they did have their issues. You know, plenty of them broke, but you still see a lot of them on the road for good reason. And even the new two O Sky Active. I've not seen many issues with those engines. Mazda's getting really nice too. They the really are. And the are interiors really nice. are fantastic. I mean. Like on the new CX-9s and CX-7s, they've come a long way. I'm not a Mazda fan, especially when the Mazda was best friends with Ford. Yep. I'm yep. not a fan of those at all. But yeah. Now, it's like I see a newer Mazda roll down the road and I'm going, they look pretty sharp. Okay. And, you know, they've got nice oh. interior. They're priced pretty well. The, I still think the Miata's a little overpriced. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, oh, yeah. like all Miatas are. But well, unfortunately, everybody like you who loves Miatas is, is as willing to, that to Yeah, happen. exactly. Is willing to pay for it. So <laughs> there is one honorable mention. This is one car that I've owned in the past that I really loved. And oh, that yeah. was my Mazda Speed 3. Yes. Now that was a fun, punchy little car. I just had full bolt-ons with a tune. Um, you know, it was probably 300 wheel horsepower range. And it was a lot of fun. For I've always downed them. I've never liked them. But I have driven one. And the first time I ever drove it, I came back and apologized to you because I know you told me you had one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this doesn't handle. The torque steer is Terrible. unbelievable. <laughs> But for just driving around town, like just having fun, hearing boost noises and, yep. and a car that is pretty decent on the highway too, uh-huh. it's a really fun car to exactly. drive. Exactly. But the speed version breaks all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so standard Mazda 3 to drive. <laughs> Mazda Speed 3, as much as I love it, just lease it and give it back. <laughs> yeah. Or be prepared. Of course, your you, piggy you, bank. you can't do that now because they no longer did, you know, 
have them out. They do have the new Mazda three turbo all wheel drive, but it only comes in an automatic. Yeah. Not as fun. Yeah. Not, not as fun. All right. Last one up the Chevy Equinox. Oh, somebody I know is going to really like this part. <laughs> really? Are they? Oh. Well, somebody owns an Equinox and you know who I'm talking about. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this one. She probably doesn't. I'm, I'm yeah. She's going to get a lot of, a lot of crap for this. Anyway, one. <laughs> also uh, an honorable mention, the Pontiac Torrent, because the first generation Torrent and Equinox were the same car. Um, they only came with a V6, a 3.4 liter. Yeah. That was absolute garbage. And I mean, hot garbage. <laughs> How can you make an Equinox worse? Put a Pontiac logo on it. Absolutely. I mean, and we're talking everything. The interior door handles broke. The window regulators broke. We had wheel bearings go out nonstop. Those 3.4 liters overheated and blew head gaskets like it was going out of style. And they were good. What's funny is they were solid, you know, engines. Like the 3.4 overall without all the problems. Like it was a solid. Well, the, the earlier... Well, I don't think we can reasonably say that. I think there was just so many of them out there, and there was a couple of them that made it to 200,000 miles. And those ones that we've seen in recent years were like, wow, look at this. this was, but those were the ones that were very well kept and have had money dumped into them as a whole. That's true. That's true. They've I mean, been characteristics. When I say solid yeah. car, solid engine, that means just the driving characteristics oh. of the engine and transmission oh. paired together. Like they were oh, yeah, know, they, solid they drove little, little decent. drivers. Yeah. They just broke all the time. All the time. And again, <laughs> to add to the list, we also had valve cover gaskets leak on them, uh, timing chain issues with them as well, intake manifold gaskets leak, rear main seals blow out. Uh, um, for the PCV system. Oh, yeah, intakes. those broke all the time. You also had EGR problems almost always at 100,000 miles. Wheel bearings, brakes, suspension. Yeah, everything rotted out in them. Um, but just, see, it's just like yeah. the general build quality was low. It, it really was in the first generation Equinox. Now, the second generation got far better. It did. <laughs> no, the build quality it, did. Okay, um, build quality, yeah. But you still had the engines particularly yeah. plagued with timing chain issues, plagued with oil consumption issues. They started implementing 10,000-mile oil change intervals with the Dexos oil, and they burned oil like crazy. So many of them blew up. So many 3.6 liters. It's crazy. And that's what now, now, and like those were, once again, the Equinox for a midsize SUV, was a, a good nice value. Car. Yeah, a good, good value, value and new. It was. And now we're getting into the newer models, which I've driven Again, two liter. Great value yeah. when new. But I would only buy the top tier model because I drove one. It was a loaner vehicle. Um, it was a two liter turbo. Yep. All wheel drive. Don't LTZ. Get the LTZ. Like it, it picked up. It went. It was pretty nice inside. You know, it was worth the money. But. I've seen firsthand because I know somebody once again who has a 2021 mm -hmm. and before it even had 3000 miles on it, the transmission, the valve body went out on it. Yep. So here we are about, I think we're at 15,000 miles, a little under 15,000 miles. And I'm pretty yep. sure her turbo is about to go. Oh my so goodness. So we're waiting for that to finally happen. Yeah. Of course it's still under warranty, but now I can say firsthand on this one, I did specify don't like the Equinox. It's a really bad car. I kind of work on cars all the time, so please listen to me. Yep. So she bought the 2021. Deal. Oh, and one more thing about those 3.6 liters. <laughs> yeah, it just makes them garbage. Um, and sorry to anybody that has one. I mean, they're not the worst engine in the world, but if you try to say that they're, they're the best or even close, you're just delusional, and you should accept that and try to move forward with your life. Yeah. But – carbon buildup on the intake oh, valves. Man. That was when direct injection was mm -hmm. first kind of coming out in a lot of cars and P 
people just didn't realize, the engineers rather, didn't realize that, hmm, well, if we don't have any fuel passing over the valves, they're probably going to get clogged up with carbon, just like a throttle plate does. Weird how that works. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's going to cause misfires on startup. <laughs> All the time. Every single one. Nonstop. Have to remove the entire intake manifold. Good news, because it was probably leaking anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. But no, oh, and then, man. once again, you know, budget-friendly, depending on what engine you get, you know, it's kind of a within a budget to drive, but overall not to drive, not to drive, not to drive at all. I think there's plenty of cars. Brand I would, new, I, I would under warranty. far recommend that you just get like a pre-owned Toyota or Honda over a new pilot. pilot yep, CRV, so four. I'm going to place this strongly in the, the not to drive category. I'm going to have to give in somebody when I get home. <laughs> hey, trade-in values are at all time high. That I'm trying to, true. I'm trying to convince Ashley to go trade in the RAV4 on a, a, a new Sienna hybrid. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I sat in one yesterday. Oh my God. Oh man. They are so nice. I feel like I'm in a little Japanese Zen garden. See, I've, I've heard, and this would be the only minivan to drive. Cause of course this is not to drive or to drive. And mm-hmm. it was a rendering. This is the only minivan I will ever buy mm-hmm. if it comes out. And that is the Honda Odyssey type R. That would be great. I would buy that for sure. Hands down would literally spend my entire life savings mm-hmm. to drive that as a minivan. I just have to think of when we get the Sienna, how I'm going to install airbags on it without actually noticing. Mm-hmm. Do it before she even gets the car. There we go. Yeah. Plan solved. Well, we'll just, you, listen you, just, to the- you tell me when you're going, we'll have them there quick in and out airbags on it. Deal. And she'd be like, why is my car on the ground? Because <laughs> it looks better that way. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's better for getting in and out of the car. It's functional. Obviously, yeah. Like, I'm just thinking about you and, you know, your back, baby. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> so this is our second episode of To Drive or Not To Drive, um, where we talk about all the cars yeah. that you should, should not own. Once Hope again, you- as we say... Feel free to message us any cars that you want us to talk about, review, you know, maybe you're thinking about buying one, what you want to know, or if you're looking at older used cars, you know, what's the, the, the car you're going to spend the least amount of money on, you know, yeah, absolutely. those are the good questions to have. And yeah. that's why we love talking about to drive or not to drive because everybody has their opinions on them. These are the ones that we see in the shop too much or not enough. Exactly. So hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into the Car Tech Garage. See you.